1: Hello Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show is coming to you on Friday as the first week of NFL free agency winds down and I thought we would uh, take uh, a little bit of time to to review what the Giants did and did not do in the first week of of free agency. And, and here to help me go through some of that is good friend Patricia Trainer, Patty. How you doing today?
2: What's up, Ed? Hanging in, you know, That's... working working just as hard, even though I've been stuck in the house because of this outbreak and. Just hope, again, I know we've said this last time we got together on the show, hope everybody out there is safe, is taking precautions, and, and uh, just hanging in there.
1: You know, Patty, I said to my wife earlier today, I said, you know, it's weird in a way because, you know, for those of us who, who cover the NFL in a lot of ways, the work part of this has been fairly normal, you know, but it's, it's certainly not a normal time in, in anyone's life
2: yeah not at all, but you know listen, we do the best we can, and we just hope that everybody is is safe out there and continues to be safe and hopefully you know the the steps we're taking will flatten out the curve, and they'll be able to get this under control in one way, shape or form
1: all right patty so let's uh let's do this let's uh, let's provide a little bit of a distraction from all of that let's talk New York giants for a little while, and I thought what we would do today is go through a little bit of an old-fashioned, you know, you and I used to do the Friday 5 where we traded traded questions. The last time you and I did this on the sh- on our sh- on the show here, people seemed to like that. So I thought we would go through a uh, a sort of Friday 5 regarding free agency. So what I'll do is I'll I'll sort of throw out a topic question I kind of give you briefly my thoughts on on it, and, and then uh, and then see if you uh, see if you agree, disagree. Sort of turn the floor over to you.
2: Sounds like a plan. Let's do it.
1: All right. So the first topic, as we've gone through the uh, the first week of free agency, Giants fans, you know, are kind of freaking out. Large large parts of of uh, of the fan base are freaking out because the Giants didn't sign haven't signed a premier pass rusher. And I think that I know that I've been telling people for weeks now that I thought that the Giants would could very likely get through this offseason without landing a premier pass rusher. You know, you know, Jadavian Clowney, you know, the only one really on the market being available, you know, for, you know, for without a trade or, or any of that. So so I'm not surprised at all, you know, where we are right now. Um, How about you?
2: No, not really. I mean, look, Dave Gettleman predicted it, and really you didn't have to be a Nostradamus to predict it. He said that all the pass rushers that would be worth something would end up being franchise tagged, and that indeed is what has happened. Now, there are a couple guys that are still out there, that apparently think that they're worth big money, and um, they just uh, haven't found the market that I think they were they were looking for. And um, so I'm not surprised by this. Um, I know there was some interest reported earlier in the week, and a couple of guys, Davy and Clowney, who you know apparently has a high price tag, or reportedly has a high price tag. Um, I don't know how much has been done with Marcus Golden. I think it sounds like they're going to move on from him. Uh, Jordan Jenkins of the Jets was a guy, another guy who reportedly they were kicking the tires on. But look, I mean, at this point, you can't force a pass rusher if if you're not going to be able to get one in free agency, and you're not going to be able to get a you know a stud in the draft, which it doesn't look like the Giants are going to be able to do. Don't force it. Why would you overspend on a guy who isn't going to give you ultimately the production of what you want? I mean you're almost better off just saying, Okay, let's try and scheme it or let's just sit and wait because you know you're never gonna accomplish filling all your needs in one off season.
1: When it comes to clowny, Patty, before we move on to another topic, when it comes to clowny, the big issue for me is your price tag, even if it drops to seventeen eighteen million a year from what we originally heard was going to be twenty two or twenty three you're talking about a guy who, while talented, has up and down production throughout his career and has a pretty long injury history so it it's complicated it's just difficult, I think, to spend that kind of money on the guy.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's also, I, I you know, the injury history would concern me, as would the fact that despite playing most of his career next to J.J. J. Watt, you know, where you would think J.J. Watt would, would draw the double and triple teams, which would free up Clowney for one-on-ones, that the production just wasn't what you would expect it to be. So... So, yeah, I I think, you know, Clowney is a good player, don't get me wrong, but I don't know necessarily that he's a number one pass rusher. That's what the Giants need, and why would you pay number one pass rush money to a guy who's really a number two? It doesn't make sense.
1: No, it doesn't, Patty. One thing, you know, let's go to the second topic because this sort of, you know, talking about Clowney and talking about uh, the pass rush sort of leads into it. I fully expected this free agency for the Giants to be largely focused on the defensive side of the ball. And it turned out that way. Now we can argue, you know, did they pick the right linebacker, you know, to spend money on by spent you know, by going out and getting Blake Martinez? Did they pick the right cornerback to spend big money on in James Bradbury? We can argue about those things, but I think that the Giants, Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, I think they did the right thing by taking the the majority of the resources that they had and and focusing them on trying to improve on the defensive side of the ball. You agree with that or disagree?
2: Oh, I absolutely agree. Matter of fact, I I thought that that might be the game plan because the defense – Needs more help than the offense at this stage of the game. Um, You know, the offense, I think they can address that in the draft. I think they will address it in the draft. But um, the defense, I mean, you go up from from front to back, name me one position or one unit where they didn't need help. And you only have, what, 10 draft picks right now, if I'm not mistaken. Chances are they won't take all 10. But uh, you had to devote some of those resources To the defensive side of the ball because that was the biggest problem. Plus, you got rid of some guys. So, you know, you add all those factors together and it was a no brainer.
1: Indeed. That is what I thought as well, Patty. I thought that the draft sets up, you know, with sets up fairly nicely for the Giants. And we'll get into this a little bit more later. But I think the draft sets up nicely in the areas of need for the Giants to where they. They should be able to to address those things you know in the draft, so I did obviously think you know the uh that defense was was the way to go in free agency. One thing that I wanted to ask you, I wanted to address one of the things that I liked about what the Giants did with the contracts is these are none of these contracts that they signed guys to are the long term you know five year deals that that tie you to a player, you know, for 3 4 years even if you fairly quickly determine that maybe he's not the right player, that maybe he's not what you thought he was. I really liked what the Giants did with the short-term deals. You know, I don't think any any of those contracts they gave out were longer than 3 years. I liked what they did with the bonus money because it it's not going to tie them to so much dead money down the line if they do move on from guys. I just want to ask you, you know if, if you liked the way that they that they structured a lot of this in terms of, of contracts and also I know this is an area of expertise for you so maybe you can you can explain to people a little bit about why the Giants did what they did with roster bonuses versus signing bonuses and all of that.
2: Well, to answer your first question, absolutely. And I I wrote an article and did a video on that this morning for uh, Giants Country on SI.com's network saying how much I like the approach and how it's about time the Giants abandoned that old approach of giving out signing bonuses, which could potentially choke the cap. Regarding your second question – Basically, when you give out a signing bonus, that signing bonus prorates over the life of the cap, uh, I'm sorry, over the life of the contract up to five years. So what happens is if you <laughs> want to get rid of a guy, say two years before his contract ends, and you want that money available to you right away, you're gonna to have to eat whatever the salary cap, the remaining prorated bonus is. And let's take Nate Solder for example. Nate Solder has $13 million, I believe, left in prorated signing bonus. So if the Giants wanted to get rid of him right now before June 1st, they would have to eat $13 million. And they already have $10 million in dead money. So you're talking 23 million uh, dead money if they were to make that transaction now. So when you consider that the Giants, the last two years have been in the top five in terms of teams leading the league in dead money, Going with the roster bonus is the smarter way because the roster bonus, while it does create a larger cap number in the first year, it also eliminates the potential for dead money down the line should you want to get out of the contract after the dead, all the uh, guaranteed money has been used up.
1: All right, Patty, let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors and then we'll come back and I have two more questions for you. All right, Giants fans, back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and I'm speaking with Patricia Traina of Giants Country and the Locked On Giants podcast as we do what really amounts to a a Friday five in terms of questions regarding what the Giants did and did not do in NFL free agency. So, Patty, the next topic that I wanted to address, and we talked a lot before the before the break about the defensive side of the ball and, and the fact that we both anticipated the Giants spending a lot of you know a lot of their resources on defense. The one thing they haven't addressed, and it's another thing that people have have sort of gone a little nuts about on Twitter, you know, that that you see, you know, from from Giants fans. The Giants did sign Cameron Fleming you know, basically a, a veteran swing tackle, a guy who could play right tackle if the Giants don't come up with a better option in the draft, which you know, honestly I, I, I kind of expect them to do. But did you anticipate that they would go a little bit more aggressively, you know, to try to fix the offensive line in in free agency? I know I didn't because of the way the draft sets up.
2: Yeah, I didn't either, Ed. I, I said all along that this if you were going to draft a franchise left tackle, this is the year to do it. You know, the Giants, God willing, are not going to be drafting in the top 10, let alone the top five again next year, fingers crossed. So given that they are in the top five right now, and given that they have um, in front of them a, a rich class of legitimate tackles, not guys who are... T- you know, who were college tackles who protect its guards at the NFL level, this would be the year to get yourself a guy who could potentially be, you know, your your franchise left tackle for the next 10 years. You've got your quarterback. You've got a running back. Um, receiver seems to be a, a by-committee approach. Get your stud left tackle.
1: Oh, well, I agree. And, you know, initially when I started to think about the Giants and free agency and players who were available – I thought about Jack Conklin and I thought how signing Conklin would be a good thing for the Giants in terms of, you know, solidifying right tackle, allowing them to use draft capital in the early part of the draft to to upgrade their defense, maybe use a day two pick to find that left tackle. And, you know, over time, I kind of came off of that. It just doesn't make sense. You've got big, big money invested in in Nate Solder did it really make sense to to spend big big money on the right tackle on the other side when you could go into the draft and 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 get you know what appears to be there there just appears to be several quality options at the top of the draft so the more i thought about it the less sense it made you know for the giants to make a big splash um, on with an offensive line signing
2: yeah, I mean, I I initially thought, okay, well, maybe they go that direction, but but uh, all along, I I believe and look, it's a toss up. I know there are people out there who want Isaiah Simmons. I think it's going to be very close to call, and who knows if the Giants trade down and are able to pick up another, you know, first round pick. You know, I I keep looking at the Raiders. I keep looking at maybe Miami as a potential pick, especially after what happened with Detroit trading Darius Slate to the Eagles, you know, that that to me screams that they'll probably go Okuda at number three overall. Um, so if I'm the Giants I, and if I can trade one spot down with Miami, maybe you can come away with Sibbons at number five. And then if you pick up another first round pick from Miami later on, maybe just maybe you can get your offensive tackle.
1: Sure, you know there's a lot of ways to go. I keep looking at, I keep looking at in terms of the draft. I keep looking at twelve and nineteen from the Raiders as for me a no brainer. If if Mike Mayock were to offer that to the Giants, I think I would be all over that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that would be a worthwhile trade too. Now, you know, it, it might change a little bit on on how what what you might be able to get but you have three teams right now the the dolphins the chargers and i believe the panthers now all need quarterbacks so you just know that an offensive tackle or maybe even a defensive player is going to get pushed down that that uh that that chain if you will so it might be worth it to trade a little bit further down than maybe we thought It would be you know at the start of this process
1: sure patty you know i i agree i think you know trading down is obviously obviously has to be in play for the giants you know but we we have weeks and weeks for to to discuss the draft at this point so let's get back to free agency let's get back to really what will be my final topic for the day and What I wanted to to ask you about, I know that that you have complained about the Giants doing this and sort of relying on players who they knew, you know, going out and getting, you know, a whole bunch of Carolina Panther former Carolina Panther players, a bunch of former Arizona Cardinals players when James Betcher was the defensive coordinator. And here we are again with a free agency. Period that has seen the Giants bring in several players who are familiar to defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, bring in you know a special teamer in Nate Ebner who played for years for head coach Joe Judge, bring in an offensive lineman who played for. Jason Garrett and who played in New England, you know, where, you know, where Joe Judge was familiar with him. And also their big signing at cornerback is a guy that Dave Gettleman drafted. Do you, you know, I see some advantages, especially in this, this crazy year where we don't know what the calendar is going to look like. We don't know when these teams are going to be available. I mean, I see this as fairly predictable, when you have a rookie head coach and i also see some advantages to to the to that familiarity do you do you have a problem with any of it
2: well i see the advantage too i mean you know you don't know if you're going to have an off-season calendar right now it doesn't look like you will so i kind of get it but i also think that it's a safe way of doing things i mean I understand, you know, look, you you know the guy, you're comfortable with what he can do. You know what he can do. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, if I were to hire you as a writer, I know what kind of writer you are. I know what you bring to the table and I don't have to worry about your work. Whereas if I'm bringing on board a brand new writer, now I have to maybe pay a little bit more attention to what that person does. So I understand the philosophy. With that said, Ed, they did this last year. And it didn't really work for them. And I'm just concerned about history repeating itself because, look, it didn't work last year. Now, I don't know if it was because the coaching was bad and they didn't coach these guys up or, or what exactly happened. But because of what happened last year, I'm a little squeamish about, you know, the same approach that they are taking from last year.
1: I don't blame you, Patty. I do think you know there's a little bit of a difference because you've got guys who are still, you know, guys who are in their in their late twenties. You're not bringing in, you know, a 35 year old Antoine Bethea. You're not bringing in guys who who are, you know, beyond their best years. And I guess, as I said, it's sort of predictable you know with a first year head coach I would agree with you that I don't like to see it you know year after year after year at some point you you have to move on and and you know realize that you have your core guys and, and simply scout and judge guys on talent but I I guess as I said I think this is kind of predictable and, and I don't have a problem with it with a first year head coach
2: Well I mean you're starting over with a new coaching staff. I get that. And, you know, but I, I, I'm a little squeamish because, like I said, it didn't work last year for them. Marcus Golden was really, I think, the only signing that they brought in from Arizona that that paid off dividends. And then if you go back the year before, Michael Thomas was the only signing that they brought in. You know, Michael Thomas had connections with then uh, Lou Anaromo, who was the defensive backs coach at the time. So, yeah, there are some advantages, but to do that for every single pick, I I just think that that's the safe way to address roster needs. And, you know, people ask me, why have the Giants been so good with the draft and not so much with free agency? And I can't help but wonder if that's the reason why
1: could be patty but all we can do at this point is uh, is cross our fingers hope that the giants have done better in free agency this time around you know i i look at it and i think they probably didn't get the premier player it, at any of the positions that they you know that where they draft or where they where they went out and, and signed a player but i think that comparatively from where they were to where they are they they have at least gotten better
2: Yeah, they've gotten better, at least on paper, but really, you know, we were saying the same thing last year, Ed, so I'm going to reserve judgment until, A, I do even more film work than what I've been doing, and B, I see how these guys are playing. I mean, right now, we don't know for certain what Pat Graham is going to do on defense. We don't know for certain what Jason Garrett is going to do on offense, so we can say on paper it looks good but you know you could say that for just about every other team
1: sure and all we can do is uh, all we can do is wait until we see these guys on the field you know whenever they get uh, whenever that takes place if uh, maybe that's not going to be until training camp maybe that's you know, maybe it's longer than that we we don't know but uh, giants fans uh, as we uh, as patty mentioned at the top of the show you know we we hope you guys stay safe follow the guidelines, do what you can to protect not only yourself but but the people around you. And uh, as always, Giants fans, we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.